Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Well, you know, this is my favorite time of the week because this is like climbing the ladder and getting to the top of the slide. Yes, it's... Uh, and now you get to slide down into... Well, I hope there's not a puddle at the bottom of the, you know, the slide. It's but over, way, over the hump day, as they would say. It's Wednesday. It's where I get to go, Wee! <laughs> Uh, you do that. You do that all the time, I do anyway. That all the time, but that's a whole different thing. And yes. I don't want to talk about that. That's a lot of things kind of happening, sir, in the news, and uh, not all of it is nice stuff. I was reading a story. Do you hear about this? Eighteen people were arrested uh, in New York State for trafficking the same child for over seven years. Eighteen people trafficking one child to different people. I gotta play. I gotta play the. Uh, this is. A- I'd like to know who these people are that were trafficking. Were they low-level type people? Well, common day people, or were these people of import? They didn't look were- like. I saw pictures. They didn't look like the sharpest tools in the uh, kind of like a the toolbox. Uh, but I'm gonna play the. Uh, this is a local TV report from right. upstate New York about. This story here, listen. Biggest busts of accused sex traffickers. And now 18 people are jailed and charged with sex trafficking and rape involving a child. Good evening, I'm Jackie Gillis. Thank you for joining us for 18 News at 6. Of those 18, several are from Elmira, Bath, and Corning. It's an investigation that took months. Our 18 News reporter Nick Dabina is here in the studio with specifics about the charges and the names of some of those arrested. Jackie, a grand jury indicted nine men and nine women. Now, this comes after a months-long investigation by New York State Police based in Horseheads. Eight of the suspects are from Elmira, the rest also from our area. One of the suspects was living in Florida. Police say all 18 sexually abused the same minor for several years. In October of last year, the New York State Police Bureau of Criminal Investigations says it received information that a female child was being sexually abused. That's when police say they started looking into 49-year-old Andrew Doherty from Dundee. The indictment accuses Doherty of raping a girl who was under 13 years old while threatening her with a rifle. Over several months, police say their investigation led to the arrest of Doherty and 17 others. They were charged with raping and abusing the same child over the course of seven years. The Yates County District Attorney's Office says the victim was quote, removed from an extremely unsafe environment. Police say the crimes happened at different locations across Yates County and the Southern Tier. Doherty is charged with multiple felonies, including predatory sexual assault, sex trafficking of a child, and compelling prostitution. Eight other men are facing charges, including rape and sexual abuse. Nine women are facing charges, including predatory sexual assault and criminal sexual acts. In a statement to 18 News, the Yates County District Attorney's Office said, quote, due to the age of the victim, the nature of the crimes and the pending status of numerous court proceedings, no further information will be released at this time. Five of the suspects already pled guilty to multiple charges. They face sentences ranging from two to six years in prison, plus 10 years of parole. Jackie. Wow, wow. What a story. What a, what a sick story, too. But what's interesting, Bill, about this is that mm-hmm. um, it's in the Finger Lakes uh, area of New York State. Anybody who is familiar with New York State, it's kind of like in the in the center. Yeah, if you look at a yeah. map, you will see that right yep. there. And if you look at Hunter Biden when he has his shirt off, and you'll find that in some of the many of the pictures uh, from his laptop, he has more than his shirt off. Um, mm-hmm. He has a tattoo on his back from shoulder to shoulder of what looks like the Finger Lakes. What? Why anybody would have a tattoo of the Finger Lakes tattooed on his back is beyond me. But apparently he does. Well, and- it probably seemed the smart thing to do, especially if he's a pedophile, been up that way, and partook. Uh, when you're uh, drug-induced, um, you lose your inhibitions. You do stupid stuff all the time. Mm. Hence, look at the 100 pictures on his laptop. Yeah, that's and true. It, you know, and, but for him, the his, his right mind took a vacation and the drugs took over in the thinking. His 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 normal mind took took a vacation. Took a hiatus and got the hell out of Dodge while the drugs drugs took over. Wow. And you know what? That's true with anybody that's done coke, crystal meth, you know, all of the above. They lose their inhibitions and they escape life because deep down inside, they're not really a happy individual. There's something wrong, and they got to escape. 
And, you know, that drug, it, it gets the little endorphins happy and everything. Burns them up, but I, it gets I them happy. You, and, what amazes me, Bill, is, and I never realized this, is how much pedophilia apparently is out there. I, yeah. I, I never dreamed it was the problem that it appears to be. When you hear about the human trafficking on the southern border and that we are, I guess, the, the leading country for child trafficking yes, we are. In, in the world, that means there's a market for it here? What, yeah, we're what is number going on? one. Oh, well, uh, we, uh, let's, just, let's just be honest. We are a drug-crazed nation that's lost its moral compass, uh, and really, oh, most yeah. of us can't cope or deal with reality. So we've always needed escapes. And, you know, drugs, you talk about opioids, opium, you talk about cocaine. Uh, back in the 1800s, you know, the farmer would go off and do his thing or go out and, you know, go on a cattle drive, left his woman at home. So what did she do? She had snuff and cocaine. He came home to a woman that, you know. Wow. Well, uh, we we have not been a happy nation. We have got some problems. And, I mean, you uh, look around right now. The answer. You look around right now at uh, places like Chicago. You saw mm-hmm. what happened a couple of days ago in Chicago, in in the downtown area, in the high end area of uh, of Chicago, where they had the 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 most expensive stores. They had a riot. You probably saw this. And it was basically a minority teenage uh, people uh, raising hell, breaking things, lighting things on fire, beating up uh, tourists. I mean, there was, there was one lady, by the way, who, she and her husband were just trying to get through the crowd in their car. They stopped the car. They broke the windshield. They left her alone, but they beat up the husband who was at you know behind the wheel. What's the population? Let's say of uh, sixteen to twenty-two year olds right now. Pretty big right now, right? Mm-hmm. All right, you've got a generation of angry teenagers that feel that they've been let down and betrayed, and they're not happy with anything. And there are a lot of them banding together now, saying that's it. It's going to be an attack of the teenagers on you, me. You, you know, they, they, I heard a politician from Chicago say, well, they're angry because they haven't got anything. The people in Chicago, the kids in Chicago. And someone said, wait a second, that doesn't hold any water. The reason why they had this mob in downtown Chicago was because they communicated via cell phone. And for all these people to have an iPhone or an Android, they can't be too broke. They have to have some money. Um, it- yeah, but what what you are qualifying, or we, I should say, qualify as, hey, look, you know, they got everything they want. They got great clothes. They can get cars. They got all oh, the fancy phones. They change every year. This and that and this and that. It's not enough. And maybe it's not enough well- because... You know, you can overdose on materialistic things. You just said something. You said it's not enough. And I think that no matter how much they had in this environment we live in today, a lot of them figure that it's not enough. They've been told by the media over and over again. They've been told you're a victim. You are a victim. You're a minority. You're a victim that you're being oppressed. And Mm -hmm. the only way you're going to get out of it is if you... If, is if you fight your way out of it, essentially. That's what the media has uh, Well, has told you know, them. if it's the media that's sending that message and politicians that are sending that message, go to your messenger and attack them, because I did nothing to you. Yeah, but they... I'm, I'm hurting just like you are. Yeah, but they don't see it that way. They see what the, the, the narrative is. And think about it. It's everywhere you look. If you mm-hmm. watch TV nowadays... Uh, that's what the movies and the shows movies are about. and the TV shows now have social messaging in it. You know, mm-hmm. we used to just go to watch a show to get away, to get away from all the nonsense of uh, the real world. But now they won't let you get away. They have to, they have to have a subtle message, be it about, uh, uh, the transgenders, be it about the LGBTQ plus by, if they had any more letters 
to that. Uh, it, it'll, <laughs> I'll get lost. Um, yeah, you saw the message I sent you yesterday, right? Yes, about being uh, very proud of being a member of the uh, LG no, no, HD TV. No, no. Yes, I. I said I. Yeah, yes. to be totally honest. I have no problem with the uh, LG HD HD TV community. Yeah. I saw that. And I yes. was like going, you know, I thought it was a good pun on what's going on in the world today that anybody can laugh at. Yeah. Except uh, people don't have a sense of humor anymore, unfortunately. No, they don't. Uh, but, you know, I, I look around and I see the media, they they sell the message, and then they love to cover the message. So it's a reinforcing situation. They, they tell you you're oppressed. They tell you you don't have enough. They tell you you're never going to get anywhere <clears throat> unless you do something about it. And then when you do something about it, they report it. And it's... It's self-fulfilling, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And I think to myself, well, how is this going to stop? How are these kids going to, is it law enforcement? Because, you know, Chicago uh, has a, a, a smaller force now than it did three years ago because of, of uh, what do they call it, uh, uh, cutting back on the police departments on, on, on and also a lot of guys don't want to be police officers anymore because the the public doesn't like them. You know, they're mm -hmm. the people that they're supposed to defend and risk their life to, to protect. They don't like them. Um, defund the police. This is what happens when you keep yelling, defund the police. Eventually the police find other jobs. And when they find other jobs, they don't, get people to replace the vacancies. And uh, that's, I think, where we're at right now. I think the only, the only way we're going to turn this around is if we start putting some money into the police departments, expanding them, and also giving them some respect. That's well, we also got to turn off the messengers of hate. And I say that because I was searching around on, on, on the media yesterday for different things, of things that I was mm -hmm. looking at uh, that we just talked about. And... All of a sudden, the video popped up mm -hmm. and said, this is police racism. And it was a black man and his son right. driving along. And the black man happens to be uh, a law enforcement officer, but just right. on his way to somewhere. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, two white guys that are cops pull him over. And, uh, you know, obviously this was acted. It was an enactment. Right. And they go, and it says, stay tuned for part two. And, you know, license registration, you know. And then, can you tell me why you pulled me over? Why you stopped me? I don't have to tell you anything, you know. And it was, it was very exaggerated. It was, yeah, it was artificial. It was artificial white hate on black, and it right. was acted out. And I'm going like, yeah, but it really doesn't go down that way. I can say that honestly because I have a son in law enforcement, so I know exactly what what does and doesn't go on are there bad cops yeah are there bad players that drive their cars and get stopped that turn it into uh a, yes a fiasco yes there are they're bad on both sides so let's be straight about that but what is the purpose of this enactment video except to incite fuel the fire fuel the fire it is gasoline on a match that you're throwing on the ground yes i agree and that 100%. has got to stop and the person that threw the match on the ground and now throwing the gas on it you need to be taken and locked up mm -hmm. for inciting violence because that's what you're doing how does you the know, city we will never get beyond this how does if a we city don't get like rid of crap people like that how does a city like chicago who gets rid of Lori lightfoot who was a socialist how how do they vote in a, a new mayor who's worse. I mean, they voted Lori Lightfoot out because she was doing a bad job. And we're supposed to believe that they turned around and picked somebody who was twice as bad? Because that's well, what they've done. you can't say the elections are rigged because if you do that, you're an election denier. Right. And you're this and that. And uh, which I hate to say this, but the right is quickly falling into a set trap Oh to yeah! Make you look like you're an election denier. You well, they, you are a conspiracy person. You've jumped in the rabbit hole and you've uh, you've dined with the rabbit. They've made a successful label. You yeah. are an election denier. That was done by the media. The yeah. media created that uh, that term, election denier. What they're saying, folks, is that it's 
it's wrong to have doubts about the truthfulness of an election. You, you can't question whether an election was valid or not. That's what they're saying. Well, one of the things that probably needs to be done, not, not, the, the media needs to be um, gone through, and we need to take out the bad players. But aside from that, we need to find ways to either end newscast or at least get out positive stories. We don't want to flood it to where it makes it so obvious that we're trying to repaint society. But we do want to take positive stories and make sure that that word gets out there so people know that there is hope for mankind and there's not just all this hate and genocide and everything else that's going on that they want you to believe. You know, people are good. You're good. I'm good. People listening are good. But we're not good if somebody goes, he's a bad seed, you know, and and they start doing that stuff. One of the neat things about uh, the interview, uh, I guess it was – the last two nights on mm-hmm. Tucker's show with Elon Musk right. is that his goal is to make Twitter the most honest social platform on the planet, meaning that they will not lie. They will not influence. They're going to put things, labels on, uh, for example, if uh, NPR or PBS have uh, a Twitter page, it will say, on, the, on that page somewhere, state-funded media. State-funded mm-hmm. media. Now, NPR and PBS got angry with them doing that because they've, they've already started doing it, but they don't care at Twitter. Their attitude is, look, at the, the people who go to these sites should be aware that, that these are state-run sites and they may be influenced by Politicians and government. Wear your badge and wear it proudly. Just don't abuse your badge. Yeah, that's all it's saying. Well, you know, the state-run media. That doesn't mean you can't tell the truth. Yes, but in in reality, when you look at state-run media in the past in other countries and ours, uh, they are propaganda machines. Now it's hard to believe they can be more of a propaganda machine than the New York Times or the Washington Post, but. Uh, they give it a good shot. They try. Uh, I, I do think that uh, Twitter, with its power and influence, could be uh, a vessel of honesty, of truthfulness, which well, is a good thing. Well, what they can do is they can be the messenger of change for the future to right the boat. Whether they can by themselves, I don't know. And the media takes every chance to attack Elon, and they attack Trump. And, oh, Trump is crying like a baby over the fact that that Elon said that he he voted for uh, uh, Biden. And then, well, Trump said that... uh, Yeah, I saw that. Trump said that he voted for me. He also, Trump also said, I know why he would say he voted for Biden. Yeah. You know, it may be... uh, But they twisted that even a little bit, too. You know... I don't doubt that he told Trump, "Yeah, I back you." You know. You know the media uh, always the media always implies uh, intonation, meaning meaning they give inflection to comments that Trump makes. I mean, Trump may say in a in a, a response, he may say, oh, "I'm surprised that uh, he mentioned that he voted for Biden." It may be an innocent, calm. Uh, ir- very rational comment, but the media, the MSNBCs and the CBS and the CNNs, they will take uh, a message from President Trump and make him sound like he said it irrationally, you know, emotionally. Oh, I'm surprised oh. he said that about uh, he voted for Biden. I thought he voted for me. I mean, they will add inflection to Trump's messages because yeah. they want to sell him as being a loose cannon, uh, loose cannon, uh, an irrational guy, somebody who shouldn't be president. Fortunately, people who follow President Trump uh, know that he's anything but that. This is a guy who's a Wharton School graduate. He's everybody who has met him personally. I have not met him personally, but everybody who has met him personally says this guy is brilliant. He is the smartest guy in the room when you talk to him because he has so much information at his fingertips and he can. He can express himself. You know, that was the thing about Elon Musk. 
Elon Musk, he's a friendly guy. He's a, got a sense of humor, but he is truly brilliant. You know, you wonder mm-hmm. how guys like that become so wealthy and successful. I'm sure they got a head start. His family probably had something to get him off the ground that other families don't have. Uh, but he still had to take it to a whole new level by himself. And a lot of guys will have a, uh, some money to start off and they'll blow it. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll uh, waste it. These guys, guys like Trump and, and Musk, they didn't. And, uh, but Musk is truly, truly brilliant. He, yeah, he, is. he talks about space and about, he talks about Twitter and he talks about uh, the Tesla and he talks about politics and it's all thoughtful. It, it isn't casual off the cuff. It's, it, it's well thought out. He's not throwing away a comment, if you know what I mean. A lot of people will give answers and it's off the cuff and it really doesn't make a lot of sense. When you ask Musk a question, he will think about what you asked and he will give as deep a response as he can give you, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, this guy. And sometimes he'll throw in a, a little bit of a, a joke or some humor. And he is, he's a funny guy. He has a sense of humor. But his comments are... Are, are spot on, spot on, exactly right. Yeah, uh, you. I look at Twitter and I thought I never thought I would say that I would, I would be behind Twitter again, but I am. He he has taken Bill eighty percent of their staff and removed them. Eighty percent, and they are the ones that are heckling and telling stories. And you know, well, I uh, happen to have this saved conversation. You know. And that makes me question these people. Well, you know, I wasn't going to release this, but I have this secret conversation or I happen to have a phone. How I got in my possession, I don't know. But uh, it's got this damning information. You know, if you're that kind of snoopy troll that, you know, you look for things to take down the company you're with means your intentions when you were hired were not good to begin with. And you're a player... A good, for instance, I remember interviewing somebody one time, and they they came from one of our big rivals. Mm -hmm. And uh, the one thing when they left the office, I sat there and looked at the manager and looked at me and said, you know, he didn't say anything bad about the company that he came from, and they fired him after 13 years, and for no good reason. He spoke only of the good that was there, which impressed us to where we sat there and said, all right, is this guy, you know, in our budget? Do you know, yeah. we, the name would do us good and all of that. We didn't end up hiring the guy, but it wasn't for the fact that he wasn't the real deal. Now, we've I've interviewed a lot of people. Well, so what happened to you there? Well, you know, uh, I, you know, I got played. I got set up yeah. or it was a... You know, bunch the, of bad, bad people this, over bad, there. Bad, yeah, bad this. right. You know, you don't get that with like the Elon and 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 different things like that. But you do get that with a lot of people. And uh, if you got someone like that around you, you need to find a way to get rid of them. He said, with the twenty percent that he has left, mm-hmm. they're performing better. Mm-hmm. With the twenty percent people that he has left on the staff, because they're all they doing want to work. They're good people. And and it gives you an idea of how much waste there was in the mm-hmm. in the original Twitter. I mean, they had people who were doing nonsense stuff. They had people who were acting like policemen, uh, going after Twitter uh, subscribers, uh, Twitter users, for saying the wrong thing. Their mm-hmm. whole job was to read your tweets, and if they didn't like them, if it didn't fall into a a category that they were comfortable with, you were gone. These were the people who were sus- were suspending uh, the conservatives who had their sites taken down. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. President Trump was taken down by one of them. Now we have 20% of the staff left, and they're doing a magnificent job. It's a non-political job. It is a public square, open uh, type of social uh, service and you got to applaud Elon Musk for doing that. He, you know, he's gone out. He's gone out and etch a sketched all the bad stuff out of uh, out of Twitter. You know, it's funny. They said 
uh, Tucker said, well, you know, why is it that, uh, uh, what's his name uh, at Facebook, uh, Zuckerberg, why can't Mark Zuckerberg do the same thing? And when he said Zuckerberg, before Tucker could finish the sentence, Elon started to laugh like, oh, geez, Zuckerberg. And and you got the impression that Musk's attitude about uh, about uh, Zuckerberg is not the greatest, that he didn't think much of how Zuckerberg uh, was handling uh, Facebook. And it was interesting. We talked about this yesterday, about the guy who is the co, uh, uh, co-owner of uh, Google, Page, right. Larry Page, who was a friend of Elon Musk's until, until they talked about this uh, new vehicle called Open AI, Open mm-hmm. Artificial Intelligence, which was an idea that Elon Musk had, and and Page took it to another in another direction, wanted to have complete control over it, and he wanted to make it. What do you call it? A digital a god, god. A, digi- god. a digital god is how he described it. And that took Musk back. I mean, not that not that Musk is a, a, a very religious guy. I don't know whether he is or he isn't. I do know he did say he believes that there that, that, that probably is a soul. And I, and I find it what hard. Spinella or whatever it is. Yes. The so, god of... Yeah, exactly right. He mentioned that in, in another interview a while back. So he does believe that the reality of a soul is probably uh, probably true. We all probably have a spirit. I, I I think we have more than I believe in God. I believe that mm-hmm. uh, uh, God exists. I believe in Christ, and I believe that. Uh, I mean, you can believe whatever you want. By the way, I also believe that if you are of another faith and and it's other than Christian, so be it. I do like the fact that you have a faith personally. I think. People who have a faith, a belief, they they're more balanced in this world. Do you know what I'm saying? When you have yeah, nothing to too. believe in, you're you're unstable. Look, I've got friends that say they're atheists. They don't believe in God. They don't believe there's anything to show there is God. But the one thing that I do know, and I'm sure you do too, if you you know people that work in the medical profession, right? So, and they've been around death. Oh yeah. And the one thing, and I was. You know, I'm not going to lie. Back in 2015, I was in intensive care, and and well, if you I told me if what you told me is true, you you literally your heart stopped for uh, ten minutes. Oh yeah, so, I was gone. You know, and uh, that's a whole different. That's a long yeah. thing but that, to but explain. That's a, but that's an important thing to mention because yeah. when you go that long, usually you're gone forever. Yeah, that's true, and you know there is an experience on the other side. But um, what I found interesting is, and because when I had gotten past that, and I was still in intensive care, but on the road to recovery, mm-hmm. you know, you're in intensive care. So one of the things that you hear in the middle of the night are the alarms going off that oh, yeah. somebody has died. And you also hear uh, people screaming because they're in pain. Maybe the morphine wore off. Maybe whatever it was, yeah, something happened. And I don't know why what they're there. What a nightmare but- scenario you're painting, though. Think about it. Imagine... You're in this twilight world yourself, trying to, to to recover and work your way back, and you hear all these noises in yeah. the middle of oh, the night. Oh, it's scary as hell, especially when the guy next to you. You're not a private room anymore. Right? There's, there's a curtain, and someone next to you from your private what used to be a private room, and they start screaming, and all of a sudden, the last thing that you hear them scream, you know, as they are wincing away from life, is God. Oh God. They pray and they scream for God to have mercy on them. And now, so whether you go, ah, I don't believe in God, I don't believe in this and believe in that, trust me, you get down to the final moments and you don't have a clue as to what waits beyond that moment, you are going to scream like a little schoolgirl. Hey, a lot of people will tell you. And I have had the unfortunate. You do believe. I have the the unfortunate. I've been around people when they have transitioned, you know, into the hereafter. Mm. And, um, and I believe they see something. Oh, they do. I, I mean, you'll hear it from a lot of people. If you read a lot of books about people when they're dying, uh, all of a sudden there'll be people who will 
appear to them and not to you. If you're sitting next to them in the chair, you don't know what they're looking at, but I can remember they're, seeing yeah. my mother look at, at what I guess they were people in the room that she there saw. Are people in the room that or she saw maybe, that I didn't see. Or they see the angels or whatever. Yeah. I mean, if you've ever had somebody die before you or die in your arms, I've had that. And, you know, it's all of a sudden this look of awe and amazement and they pass. Yeah. And, you know, you feel sad that you lost them. Yeah. But you feel confident that they weren't alone, that they weren't weren't alone. Yeah. And they were going to a good place. Yep. And, and I, I can tell you as a, uh, I had a friend of mine who, who passed and, uh, uh, his, his wife said that when she was in the room with him alone before he, before he died, I, he looked around the room and, and I, I believe what she told me was, she said, he said, who are these people? Who are these people? He saw some people in the room that she couldn't see, anybody who was physical couldn't see. So I find that comforting that there are people, you know, you're not, you aren't leaving the world into emptiness. You're leaving the world into hopefully a world of comfort and love. I know I sound yeah. like I'm, I'm starting to preach here, but I, and I think that's what you—that's what you get when you have a faith. I believe. I think, yeah. you know, when you when you don't go through this world with a faith, when you have nothing, I I do know from my atheist friends, and I have some, that they always seem to be searching whether they'll tell you this or not, whether they admit it or not. They're always kind of bouncing around like uh, I'm an atheist. Oh, I don't believe in God, and then, they, but you kind of can tell they're. They're, they're looking, they're, they're privately searching, searching for that one little thing exactly. that carries them over. I knew a guy. I've always said, you know, the innocence of a child, to spot an angel, you need an angel. Yes. Now, kids come into the world innocent. And they I'm sure, sure do. There's a lot of people that can relate the story where somebody's dying, like, like let's say uh, the grand, their grandmother is dying, mm-hmm. their grandfather's already died. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, a little two-year-old girl will sit there and go, "Yeah, hey, mommy, mommy, I just saw grandpa. Yeah, he was over there by mama, you know." And there's story after story, and they can tell you exactly yes. what he was wearing, where he stood. Yes. And then shortly after that, you lose the grandmother. <sighs> so you know you see the angel through the eyes of an angel. So is there life after death? You know, is there a God? You have well, to answer that question, but I think I just gave I you also, some clues. I, I also got to tell you another thing. I find it incredibly comforting to have a belief in God because I can't tell you how many times in my life when the world was turning to uh, horse manure, right, for me personally, mm-hmm. I always found myself leaning towards God like, hey, can you help me out here? I'm in trouble. Or And sometimes in my life, I've had God intervene when I wasn't asking. Sometimes I was screwing myself up and I've had God, whether I wanted it or not, he would intervene some way and put things, maybe it's because he didn't give up on me, you know? I, and I don't, well, I don't mean to sound like I'm preaching here, but I, I, do, I do know that our world right now needs more God, I think. I truly yeah. believe we're, uh, you mentioned it a little while ago about we are a world, we're kind of lost. We're kind of adrift. Oh, we're absolutely lost. And you know, when you when people pray, they pray for a lot of good things and they pray for selfish things. And doesn't mean your prayer is going to be answered. I'm sure it's listened to. I know it's listened to. But the point is, you know, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Regardless of your prayer, your prayer is a thanks to God and a courtesy and yeah. just an acknowledgement that he is there. And in his divine wisdom, you know, if, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll bring you through it. And one more but thing. If not, don't be afraid. It's, it's, <laughs> it's nothing to fear on the other side. One more thing. You know, yeah. And you know, to the other side, yeah, you know, I was there's just, nothing to fear. One more thing. Um, don't be afraid to go back to him, even if you keep falling down. Meaning if you're a sinner, like all of us, 
a lot of people say, I can't keep going back to God. I'm always, I'm always sinning. I'm telling him, I'm telling him that I'm going to be better. And then I'm not, you know, and, and I keep falling down again. And I don't think God thinks of it that way. I think God is always happy that you're trying, you're trying to get back to him. Mm-hmm. You know, it isn't, it isn't that you always are successful, that you, when you promise him, look at, I'm not going to ever do that again, God, I promise I'll never do that again. And then you do it again. You don't give up on going back to him. That's what I'm, I'm trying to say. You got to always try to go back to him because that's what he really wants. He's bigger than us, folks. You know, he doesn't have the human traits that we have. I mean, we, how many times have you said, I, I can't believe God would believe that? I mean, God is God, and, that's, and we're not. God has the ability to, to forgive the darndest things. I mean, you've heard many times probably people say, well, that guy, that guy was a murderer, but on his deathbed he asked God for forgiveness. Uh, I don't believe God's going to give him any forgiveness for what he did, but God can think around things that God sees the whole picture. He doesn't see the little slice that you and I see. You know, mm-hmm. uh, he, he God sees what's in our hearts. God, I sound like I'm preaching. I don't mean to. I don't mean to be uh, e- evangelical here, but some days you just need a little bit of this when the world is turning to. Well, yeah, you know the the stories lead to it, and yeah. they have, and they will. We are in very precar- uh, precarious times, uh, and the one thing that I do know, I was working with somebody yesterday on a on a project for the internet and Mm -hmm. they're very liberal, you know, and I say, Hey, you know, uh, there, you know, there there might be differences, but there's no reason why we can't talk. And I need them for a project. Right. And they, they want me because, well, there's money for them. So, (laughs) you know, it's, yeah, but, uh, you know, it's just, there's common ground. There's common ground, but we, we live in a world that, Right now is so confusing, Bill. That uh, what you just said is you need a little God. You need a lot of God. What you just said is is interesting. Um, we we have gotten to a point in our country where there's no middle ground anymore. There's no gray area. They, they either you're you're right or you're wrong. Either you're conservative or you're liberal. And there's nothing in the middle area that is common. How anymore. many times have you heard the phrase? You got to choose, son. You got to choose a side. Oh, I know. Make your choice. I know. And when it, when it gets to that, that means there is no resolve. There is no res- resolution. There is no compromise. You won't listen to my side. And, you know, if I tell you, uh, if I listen to your side, you know, unless I take it wholeheartedly as full 100% gospel, you want nothing to do with me. I'm just vermin. I'm I'm a waste of your time. I'm a waste of my skin. Now understand something, folks. You're hearing this from two reform disc jockeys. <laughs> yeah, and look, you know what? I mean, we're not if we're not anybody can wallow in the mud with the worst of them. Yes, I could do a darn good job. That's of, right, and do a time uh, check while he's doing it, um, and do a time check <laughs> and sit there and say. You know, we're going to hear the uh, moment of prayer coming up right after these commercials. Did I tell you about the time I was? All right. (laughs) But you know, uh, look, we've wobbled in the mud. We've, we, you know, we. The thing, the thing is good about this program is that you're hearing it from people. You're not hearing it from theologians or uh, some something that we're not. We're truly just like you. We're human. Yeah, we're Uh, not perfect. And we're not God trying, doesn't expect you to be perfect. We're not trying to uh, uh, get you to uh, join our cult or anything like that. We're just trying to point out that you're not alone. You know, you're 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 amongst friends when you listen to it's another day. Um, I wanted to get back to what was going on with uh, yeah, in, in the in the news of the day. Uh, interesting reports yesterday from on Newsmax. They were talking about what's happening with China in the world. Mm, and yeah. the, the threat that China is posing. And I wanted to play this for you. Listen. French President Emmanuel Macron's trip to China and his subsequent remarks about not siding with the United States agenda is forcing some to take a hard look at Beijing's reach into other countries. The U.S. pushes a hardline stance against China, while some of its allies perform a balancing act with security and trade interests. 
President Macron, for example, bringing 50 business executives along with him on the trip, proving it was mostly about economics. Beijing is ramping up its role on the international stage. Last month, brokering a peace deal between Iran and Saudi Arabia despite decades of hostilities, and weeks earlier, advancing talks with South American countries to establish trade agreements. Last week, Spain's Prime Minister meeting with President Xi Jinping ahead of Madrid taking over the EU Council later this year. And last November, German Chancellor Olaf Scholz becoming the first European leader to meet with Xi in over three years. For some in Berlin, they believe the goal isn't about increasing ties with China, but instead divorcing themselves from the U.S. Friendship with each other also means breaking with the existing relationship of extreme subservience by Germany on matters of U.S. foreign policy, one that is marked by war, breaches international law, and supports coups. The U.S. administration gives the impression they don't actually want allies, just loyal vessels. Yet fewer countries around the world are prepared to accept this, and that is good news. China is also attempting to use its close ties with Russia to play the role of mediator in the conflict with Ukraine, with President Vladimir Zelensky saying he's open to the idea. After Macron's visit to China and his unwillingness to side with the U.S. and Taiwan, Republican Senator Marco Rubio says if Europe follows this approach, it may be time for the U.S. to revisit its support for Ukraine and focus on more proximate threats to American interests. In Rome, for Newsmax, I'm Alex Salvi. I got to tell you, um, I was talking to, and I love to say this because it makes me sound so so wealthy. I was talking to my financial advisor yesterday. Oh, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes of yes, course. Yes. I was asking him where to put my dollar, and... <laughs> you got he, a dollar? Yeah, I do. Oh. He said, we were talking about world currency, and you know, there's a lot of talk in the news about how China and Iran and Brazil and some of these other countries are trying to to replace the dollar as the world currency and make it uh, a yen or whatever it is, some other some other currency. And my my friend, who's a brilliant guy, I mean, this uh, financial advisor, uh, I I would promote him. I'd give you his name, but uh, he doesn't need the business. He said, "Look at Jim." He said, "Trust me, it isn't going to change anytime soon, no matter what you hear in the news, because all of these countries have got." billions of dollars in their own treasury. And if they change the currency, they're going to lose big time. If they change, if they devalue the dollar, they will lose billions of dollars of their own worth. It ain't going to happen anytime soon. And I thought, well, that's reassuring because the media love to sound like it's just around the corner, if you know what I mean. Um, They're fearmongers. That's what the media has become. Yep. Also, uh, we were talking about China and where they are in, in, in the world. Gordon Chang, yeah. who's an expert on China, he's been on Fox, he's been on Newsmax, and uh, Deneen Borelli and her husband Tom were on talking about China's place in the world right now. Here's what they had to say. Gordon Chang, of course, Tom and Deneen Borelli are still with us. Gordon, what do you think is the most dangerous part of what China is doing now? We have the new relationships. Um, we have their threats about Taiwan, of course, seemingly coming closer and closer in every way they can into the United States, uh, buying up land and beyond. The one biggest threat as you see it. The biggest threat would be China's support for the Russian war effort in Ukraine, because I think that the future of this century actually is going to be written on the Ukrainian battlefields, especially the future of Taiwan. Um, if Russia is allowed to keep any portion of Ukrainian territory, the Chinese are going to see that as a big green light for territorial ambitions of their own. If Russia is expelled, I think Xi Jinping will think twice about what he can do on his own periphery. But of course, there's so many other dangerous things that China is doing. It's actually hard to pick among all of them. But I think the support for the Ukraine war is the most important one. Yeah. Uh, tell me if my conclusion here is right about Macron's visit. Um, Xi was really able to manipulate him, uh, his ego, his position in the world, make him feel like you are one of the biggest powers. You, France, really are heading the EU. And by doing that, Xi uh, is more likely to be able to get away with things related to Ukraine as well as Taiwan. 
Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and also um, Xi Jinping's outreach to Germany and others. But ultimately, the problem for Europe is that if they want to be autonomous, if they want to be independent, and I can certainly understand that, then they're going to have to pay for their own defense. And so far, they have been unwilling to do that. And right now, we don't see any real indication on the part of Europe to uh, actually spend for their own defense. So until that happens, um, Europe is completely dependent on the United States. Macron can say whatever he wants. This is like de Gaulle right after the Second World War. But it isn't going to matter very much because it's American military might that defends Western Europe from now an increasingly aggressive Russia. Deneen, your thoughts? Well, I, I would like to ask Gordon a question, actually. Hello, Gordon. Deneen and Tom Borelli are here as well. Um, so last week, Speaker McCarthy met with the president from Taiwan. Any your thoughts on why Joe Biden did not meet with the president of Taiwan? Does What does China have on Joe Biden? Well, um, certainly on the, on the second part of that question, what does China have on Biden? Um, apparently a lot with regard to Hunter, um, because last month Hunter's legal team actually said, well, you know, they paid a million dollars or so to Hunter as, quote, good faith seed money uh, or good faith seed funds. Now, that's an admission of corruption in my book, because corruption is the only explanation why money of that amount would be paid in these circumstances. But, you know, no U.S. president has met the Taiwan counterpart um, since, um, what, 1978 or so. Um, so, you know, Biden not doing so is sort of consistent with that American foreign policy. But really now we do need to have the American president meet the Taiwan president because things are now so dangerous and we have to reestablish deterrence. So I think that Biden actually uh, failed this test or Deneen. Yeah, uh, Tom, it seems like uh, President Biden really is living in the past. Oh, absolutely. He's not being proactive at all. I mean, we've seen uh, China meet with what Saudi Arabia, with Putin, mm -hmm. now now with Macron mm -hmm. in France. I mean, outmaneuvering. And I, I don't hear anything from the State Department. I don't hear anything from Biden. And I think that silence is deafening. That's another sign of complete weakness. Any other Republican president would be saying something. Maybe even some Democrat presidents would be saying sure. something good. Yes. This is not just one domino. They're lining up. Yeah. One by one. I got to tell you, uh, I don't think Joe's doing a lot of work at all right now in no. anything. Uh, no. We, we talked about him going to Ireland and he comes back after after that essentially a vacation and then he disappears. And yeah, you know, he went upstairs to his bedroom to have a siesta. You know, I mean. Kevin McCarthy said that uh, he has sat down and he said to Biden, We'll work on different things together. We'll get through things. We'll we'll get a a limit on the budget, and and Biden will say to him, "Yeah, we'll do that." And then when McCarthy contacts him to, to talk it. about it, he's he he doesn't want to do it. He said, yeah. "I got to play this cut here." Joe Manchin, Joe oh, Manchin yeah. is a Democrat, mm -hmm. and they were talking about uh, the Inflation Reduction Act. You know, Biden got Manchin who was kind of a holdout, he got Manchin to come along because Biden promised that he would do certain things. Listen to what Manchin says. What we agreed on, the president and I agreed on, that what this bill would do, it would give us energy security. Right. It would bring manufacturing back to America as quickly as possible. We would not be relying on foreign supply chain, such as China, to run our transportation mode. We talked about all of that. We would pay down debt for the first time in 20 years. We talked about all of that. We agreed exactly that's what it should do. And now to have different parts of his administration basically administering it and writing rules and regulation that are totally foreign to what we did yeah. is wrong. And I'm going to fight that. You need to speak truth to power, but basically hold people accountable. Right. And I'm hopeful that the president will step forward and tell his administration we will follow the law. We will do what the bill was right. intended to do. I mean, he's a Democrat, and he's saying, look, at Biden made promises, and then he's not fulfilling them. You know, there's a lot of Democrats, Bill. Have you noticed how many Democrats are switching parties? Yeah, they're doing a lot, and I wouldn't be – he is an old-line, middle-of-the-road Democrat, and, you know, West Virginia is a Democrat state, but they've been going blue, blue – I mean, uh, red, 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 and – 
He probably, except for the fact that, you know, you got a mansion in a White House, Mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, that's always been the standard joke down there. It's, hey, we got a mansion in the White House now. (laughs) Um, But um, he's, he's, he's scratching his head, and I think he is wrestling with the idea. He wants to be true to his party, but his party is sure as hell not being true to him. Yeah. And what he has to look at is he's got to be true to his constituents. And with that being said, right now, he could probably get more done as a Republican. And I'm not saying he'd be the best Republican because he's still got lefty views, but yeah. he's better than some of our rhinos. Well, I, I think that uh, the, the trend is going that way. A lot of guys who are uh, middle-of-the-road Democrats are seeing that the party isn't reflecting their values, and mm-hmm. they're going in another direction. You know, we were talking about China, but uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin uh, met his commanders in two regions of the Ukraine uh, right. on, I guess that was uh, over the weekend, and uh and they they keep saying, oh, the Ukraine Ukrainian army is uh, doing a number on the Russians, and I got a feeling that's not the case, folks. I got a feeling we're not being told the straight story here because uh, Putin seems to be pretty comfortable with uh, where Russia is right now. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. Now there's a story out that says he's worried about his relationship. Uh, with China, that they're too really? reliant on China, but that could be true. That could be just a media farce thing. Wait, didn't they just shake hands two or three weeks ago? Yeah, so I, I don't know that I buy into that. What I do buy into, though, is that Russia will arm North Korea if South Korea supplies arms and aid to the Ukraine, which they said they will do. And I do believe that because they're going to, okay, you know what? everybody's surrounding Russia to bring this war closer and closer and closer. As a matter of fact, Germany now has committed uh, Patriot uh, air defense to uh, the Ukraine. Well, you know, the Patriot missile system is, is pretty impressive. And, and uh, you know, we are inching, the, the tensions of war are rising. We are mm. inching close, closer and closer to war. And nobody's talking about it right now, Bill. And, no, nobody's talking about nope. it. And, you know, you want to go back to what we just talked about before you want to pray? There's something that everybody can pray about. Even if you sit there and don't believe in God, you yeah, might but, want to pray yeah, about that. Exactly. <laughs> that has that has an effect on the outcome of when you get to see if you, there really well, is a God or isn't. There's no little nuclear war. Okay? No. Don't kid yourself and say, well, uh, they're talking about dropping small, uh, limited-yield nukes in the Ukraine. They drop nukes anywhere on the planet, and it's going to be a game changer. Trust me, it's not going oh. to be. It's never going to be normal again. One nuke, you know, begets another one, and another one, and another one. When one flies, it's not. There was a movie a long time ago. Well, we had an accidental launch, and uh, they're going to take out uh, Moscow, and then so we get on the phone, and uh, you know. All right, you're allowed to. You're about allowed to eviscerate New York City. Oh boy! You know, and I'm like going, no, that wouldn't happen if there was no. an accidental launch. Hey guys, it was an accident. We'll do whatever we can. We'll try to shoot down our missile. Here's the codes to shoot that son of a gun down. We don't want a war. In, you know, in movies, there's always an open line of communication. For example, cool. you, you'll hear the Washingtons talking to Moscow. Why did you fire that? We didn't fire. I don't think that'll happen. I think once the nukes start to fly, I think the the line is going to be cut. It'll it won't be a conversation between the two countries anymore. The damage will be happening. I don't think now for a nuke to fly, it's not an accident. You know, for you know a war simulation with live ammo, which is what they've been doing, the Chinese have been doing. That is an excuse to accidentally start a war. Oh, it was an accident, but oh, we're in it now. We're going to fire everything we got, which is intentional to begin with. But you fire a nuke, you know, there was no accident about it. Right. You wanted to fire that nuke, and once once it fires, you may as well fire everything you got in your bullpen because it's coming back at you. You might take us out first, but we will get the launch off to take you out too. 
And I think in know, the movie that's some no win scenario. I think in the movie some of all fears, the Tom Clancy book, it's when Baltimore got hit with a nuclear bomb. Mm-hmm. And there are people walking around and there are hospitals set up and I'm thinking I don't think it's going to be quite this uh, this way at all. I think they drop a nuclear bomb, it's going to be complete devastation, uh, more of a Hiroshima-type environment. If you ever look at pictures of the day or two after the bombing of Hiroshima, uh, it is leveled. I mean, they, well, they have one, was it called the, uh, the Freedom Tower? One building, I think, uh, uh, was so hard that it, it, it withstood the blast. But and it's still there to this day as a monument, but mm-hmm. the rest of the city is completely gone. And oh yeah, I look I look at what uh, if they were to drop any kind of a nuclear bomb in in New York or Chicago, dear God! And so for us to even be considering a nuclear war is is wrong. When you hear President Trump, he says it's a word. We never used the N-word, the real N-word. We never used it, talking to each other. Putin never mentioned it. I never mentioned it because it was unthinkable. You knew what it meant. You, it was unthinkable. Now yeah. Putin is throwing it around because he knows that it may actually happen. But yet we go around day to day. One day we're talking about, uh, I don't know, transgenders. The next day we're talking about some other distraction. The next day we're talking about some other distraction. In the meantime, the one thing that hasn't changed is the fact that we're this close, a hair's breadth away from a nuclear war. Mm -hmm. I mean, what is it on the clock, Bill? A hundred seconds? Yeah, 90 seconds, something like that. 90 seconds, 100 seconds. The the, the doomsday clock. Google it. It's been around since the 50s. And uh, we're probably the closest now than we have ever been. And unfortunately, I don't think it's a fair representation because it's the scientists of the world with a hypothetical clock. And they look at all the news out there in the, you know, the, from the, uh, the nattering nabobs of uh, negativism or the, you know, the mongers right. of war. And they're going, okay, that puts us this many seconds to midnight. Midnight means that's the bewitching hour. That's when it's all over. All bets are off. They fly. Um, you know, it's not real. I think if you sit there and if you sat there and did, a, if you gave everything a score, mm-hmm. now let's just say you, you give everything uh, a half point credit. Right. But you make a scale of one to five and, you know, you can get up to a half point and you gave it real points that way. You could take all the news and I bet you we would be at midnight, if not past midnight. You know, somebody is going to wake up one day, you know, put their pants on backwards and go, you know, so I think I've had enough of this. How I, is, you know, how is the, time for war? How is there even a choice? If you're if you're a Biden fan and I have friends who are Biden fans. How can you possibly support this guy? When the other guy who you, you don't like because he's orange man bad, who, who everyone makes fun of like he's – this is the guy who's saying there will be no nuclear war. There will be no nuclear war. That and he also Bi- says if there was, there would be no winner. Biden goes around going, you know, the, the cranky old man, he goes, oh, you're going to be all right. Everything's going to be okay. The guy, is, the guy can't find his own car keys, and he's telling us we're going to be all right in a nuclear war. There's one other thing I want to mention before we end the show today, and we're running out of all time. Right. I don't know that you heard about this, but uh, quietly, quietly, uh, the FDA has um, they've taken Pfizer and Moderna vaccines. They're no longer authorized. Listen to this. A new press release on Tuesday, the FDA has declared the malevolent Pfizer and Moderna mRNA COVID-19 vaccines. They're no longer authorized for use in the United States. Listen, the decision was made through a recent amendment to the emergency use authorization of the Moderna and Pfizer COVID-19 bivalent vaccines. All that means is that one of the vaccine goes after one strain of the COVID virus 
and another another type vaccine will go after multiple strains. What they're saying is both of these vaccines are no longer authorized. In an amendment, the FDA ruled the uh, Moderna and Pfizer COVID-19 vaccines will be used for all doses and they'll no longer be authorized. That's what they're saying. Uh, they, they got into a lot of uh, legal mumble yeah, but The question jumble. is, why aren't they authorized? Are well, they bad or are they just bad for us and good they for don't everybody tell you. else? But so it leaves you hanging. It leaves you thinking, wait a second, I got two shots. Right, I got I got two of the darn uh, vaccine shots. When you guys were saying you got to get it, it's great for you. Well, remember what Joe said? Was it yesterday or the day before? Well, you know the loss of life during uh, the COVID uh, lockdown because of COVID, uh, your lives were a lot better off. Is this their way of saying? Well, the COVID population control it, it killed off so many people. Things got better. So we're going to, you can't have them here because we want COVID, which they say now so is back on the loose, a new so variant. Essentially what you're saying is that they've culled enough of the herd now. Enough of the herd will be removed from the population, and that's that was their goal ultimately anyway. Yeah, and we've got another strain going on, and we're not going to give you any vaccines for it. Deal with it because those who are vaccinated – should survive this. Those who are immune should survive it, and the rest of you. But I sorry. What that says to me, losses. Bill, that doesn't say that the vaccine is going to make me survive any strain of the of the COVID. It says to me that the vaccine was ineffective, and they're t- pulling it from the market right now. And that's well, yeah. I mean, some people it was effective for some people it wasn't. But the point is, is that yeah, but, but this, Joe has admitted that they this whole thing was to go ahead and reduce the population, and maybe this was a test run for the past two years, and now they know that the virus works, and let's go ahead and trim down this population and get the herd under control. All I have to do is say moo to that because I think it's a bunch of... All right, let's end it. Once again, back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago, pray. (laughs) Pray. (laughs) Yeah, because... Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry about your anxiety. Uh, they don't have pills for that either. I'm just unfortunately here to tell you right now. Hey, something funny that, mm-hmm. that well, it's not funny. Uh, you know, they they did a new. Um, uh, it's a type of naval warship. I don't know exactly what class it is, but uh, they they decommissioned the old ship, the USS Cleveland. They mm-hmm. built a new one, mm-hmm. and they launched it in the lake up, you know, yeah, north. Like, uh, like what Friday? Yeah, they launched it. And they did, you know, usually it slides in backwards or frontwards, it rolls down. Sure. But they did what they called a side launch. I've seen that, where it goes off on the side. Yeah, it's going down sideways, and there's a tug that pulls it out. Sure. Well, the ship hit the water, big splash, and I guess it hit the tug. They're not confirming whether or not. (laughs) But I'm sitting there thinking, you know, and they're going, yeah, it was a mistake to launch it that way. And I'm sitting there going, so you got this new ship, the Cleveland, the USS Cleveland, Maybe maybe they shouldn't name a ship after a city that's considered the mistake by the lake. I, that's, and <laughs> that's true. Well, there goes our listening audience in Cleveland. Now, we yeah. love you, Cleveland, really. Just hey, as, son, you know, uh, welcome to the Navy. Yeah, uh, you're yeah. assigned aboard the USS Cleveland. Yes, yes. It's a oh, Titanic geez. class. It's, it's the Titanic class of ship, yes. Yeah, uh, it, uh, yeah. It, you've heard of the unsinkable? Yes. Yeah, this is the sinkable Cleveland. <laughs> Hey, Bill, uh, by the way, you can contact us at 833-538-7868, 833-538-7868. Operators are standing by, and uh, we even have mail order clerks to go through your email and uh, get it to us. It's mail at itsanotherday.com. There's also mail at crnamerica.com. And uh, some interesting things coming along. Uh, we're going to be making some interesting announcements uh, in the not too distant future when they're finalized. And yeah, we're uh, working on those today, and hopefully in about ten to twenty days, I'll give it twenty. Yeah, so because it's an outside source, but uh, keep checking back. We're working on some stuff, if you know what I mean. You know, uh, yeah, 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 we're working uh, on it we're here. We're pretty this is kind of cool well, stuff. Yeah, we're pretty I mean, fancy is, around here, you know. We're pretty yeah, fancy, fancy, yeah. and yeah, you know, hey, uh, <laughs> you're gonna like this. You're yes. gonna like it a lot. We certainly hope know? so. Otherwise, we're wasting our time. Hey, friends, have a great Wednesday. Bill, you too. Stay out of trouble. Hey, you too, Jim. I mean, hey, everybody have a great day. It's uh, Jim's paying for it. Have a great day. There's, <laughs> you can't buy anything. Say what? But, but you know, 
Your greatness, your greatness of the day is uh, courtesy of Jim. Just thank uh, you very much. Yes, say thank you very much for listening. Yes, uh, he's thinking about you. Right? Check what check? Yeah. <laughs> check this. The voice of freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs>